All right, all right. How we doing this weekend? Come on, Faith Promise. Man, this is the place where we come to recharge and reconnect with the family of God and meet with the great shepherd and, and just look for God to, to do something incredible. We come to the table of the Lord. And if I'm thinking about a table, mm-hmm. I'm always going to think about a 16-ounce medium-rare ribeye Amen. with always. about half of Idaho fried up right beside it. Y'all, y'all don't talk about it. No lettuce. Listen. Salad is what food eats. We don't do let, we're we're here about. Come on, are y'all with me? Come on, dads. Amen. And so, uh, it's it's what we do. So you know, come on, Zach. Uh huh. So let me tell you, I just up here with my dad. My dad's trained me to do a lot of things and has made his expectation clear that the things that I'm doing that he used to do that I, I actually am more effective. I do it better than he did. And one place where that's already happened is on the grill. Dad started letting me and my brother Micah uh, cook hamburgers and different things like that whenever we were in middle school and high school. And right now, I'm telling you, we have the steak game on point. We actually come over there and cook steaks for Dad's small group when he has it. So let let me just tell you how we're doing it. You guys may already be ahead on this, but we're putting a nice salt and pepper rub on those things on the outside. You know, let let that meat come up to room temperature, okay? You don't want to smush the juices inside, all right? Put it on the tray, on the smoker, till the internal temperature is about 95. We're not burnt. We're not making beef jerky here, okay? Put it in there, take it out, all right? Then you hit it as hot as you can on the blackstone or on a on a on a cast iron skillet. Little little butter, little garlic bath. Mm, hallelujah! It sounds like worship to me. Oh, it, it sounds, sounds like, like worship. I think angels' wings and butter cooking uh, sound like amen, the same amen. thing. Are y'all with me? Everything's better than a butter bath. Come on. <laughs> so. Well, this weekend we get together, and man, we're, we're again, we're thrilled you're with us. We want to recharge, and we're going to continue in Psalms 23, uh, just allowing God to equip us. And, and here's what we can never forget, even when we lead the series on Psalms 23, and that is when it's time for a recharge, we must return to the one who's in charge. That's right. No question. It's just, it's just what we do. So today we're going to look. Now, I am sure we talked about this like four or five weeks ago that in this series, y'all guys are going to memorize Psalms 23. So y'all have got that done, right? They got it. Right? (laughs) You're afraid. You don't seem to be overflowing with confidence. Yeah, yeah, that was was a wink. (laughs) I mean, that was not even, a golf clap would have been better. And so uh, it is just, I have so loved this series, but before we dive into verse 5, Zach, how about, how about reading that passage Yes, this is so good. Again, King David wrote this, and he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes, he restores my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over overflows. Surely your goodness, your love, your mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm, God, so good. His grace, his loving kindness and mercy 
follow means it will chase you down. We're going to talk about that more when we get to that. But this weekend, as we look at verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. This life is not about survival. It's about revival. It's not about just getting by. God wants to fill our cup so it spills over onto everybody that we're around. So with thousands of people with us at all of our campuses, God, Mind Barn, online, all that stuff, there's no way that there are not some people right now who feel, like David said, surrounded by enemies, overwhelmed, knocked down, crushed, persecuted, stressed out. I mean, and so what we want to bring to you is some incredible good news from the Word of God that no matter where you find yourself, even if you feel surrounded by enemies, God said, I would provide a space and a place. I would provide for you a table even when your enemies are all around you. That's right. So no matter where you find yourself this weekend, internal or external enemies all around you, God wants to prepare a table and flood your soul. So Pastor Zach, would you pray for us? Let's pray. God, we come before you right now. And uh, Holy Spirit, I just pray as, as we're praying to you that whatever the enemy is that we feel surrounded by, would you bring it to our mind right now? Uh, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a stress, whether it's a fear, whatever, just bring it to our mind. And God, I pray that today, whatever it is that just came to everybody's mind, that you would prove yourself so much greater, so much bigger, so much, so much more sufficient. God, I pray for the men of God today, the dads, uh, the soon-to-be dads, the future dads, God, that even the dads that are far off from families right now, God, that you would be a transformer, a restorer, that we wouldn't leave the same. How prideful is it for us to come into your presence and not expect to leave change transformed and challenged? And so this weekend, God, we just come before you. Uh, Dad and I, as we have a conversation, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring transformation. We love you so much. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we want to welcome all of our campuses, all of our churches live. If you're watching later, God Behind Bars, we are thrilled that you are with us. Again, happy Father's Day. But also, just last weekend, our campus pastors preached and they killed it. Can we just celebrate those guys, those leaders? Amazing way to go. So proud of you. They did an unbelievable job, and with it being Father's Day, and, and I believe the passage is perfect for us to have really a fatherly chat, not just between father and son, but also between spiritual father and church. Again, the passage for this weekend, it, it's just, this is so powerful, Psalm 23, 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, with oil that, yeah, my cup over Flows. There's so much power in what we're going to talk about. But before we talk about how God prepares the table before us in the presence of our enemies, I want to take this time to ask Dad a couple questions. So, Dad, as you've, you've grown up, you've watched culture, you've watched the church. Right now today with where we're raising kids and where we're wanting to win our world, what do you feel like the greatest <clears throat> enemy is that are facing believers? That's well, a great question. And we look at, we call it, we can talk about Disney or Hollywood, we can talk about Washington, we can talk about the culture, we could talk about the three fronts of attack, the world or the devil, but I believe, demonic forces, but I think that there's, that the, the clearly the number one enemy that every one of us face 
is what the Bible calls the flesh. It's the old nature we were born with. It is that part of ourselves that is so broken by sin and it rages in us. The great apostle Paul said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I hate, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of flesh? Not your, not just your, he's not talking about your physical body. He's talking about your old nature. And come on, let's be real. How many times do we want to do the right thing and not do it? How many times did we want to not do the wrong thing and we did it? I'm going to get up tomorrow and have a quiet time only to hit the snooze alarm. I'm going to start giving only to not. See, the Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the old nature. And the spirit, he's not talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about our spirit. That new, when we're born again and our spirit literally is resurrected from the dead within us, now we have these holy desires but there's a battle. We blame the devil a lot of times, but our greatest enemy is sitting in our chair. Does that make sense? Yeah. Come on, yeah. somebody. It just, we didn't talk about this, but I just throw one on you. You talk about the three fronts. You talk about the culture, the world, the devil, like demonic attacks, and then the flesh, the one we experience ourselves. It seems like we really highlight on the other two because if we focus on the other two, then we get to be victims. Whether right. if we focus oh. on this one, Come on, then it's our responsibility. So you chose, you had five stepdads, all physically or sexually abused you, you were, you were addicted to drugs, all, all that kind of stuff. But the, because there's a lot of people who don't want to be victims, but that's the life they would say they live. What would you say, hey, number one thing you got to do to not be a victim, to be a victor, what, what would you tell us to do? I would say what the Apostle Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, 24, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In this life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. We take responsibility for our spiritual growth. Yeah, that's right. We, we take responsibility to walk through the disciplines, and we decide I am going to arm myself so that I will be a victor because the Bible said you are already more than an overcomer. That's right. So quit acting like a victim. You're a victor. Walk in it. Crucify that flesh. So let's move forward. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and, dad, dad, and I just want to encourage you. We believe in you. That's we right. believe in you. We know you can do it. Dad taught me and my brother and my sister growing up that there's not an enemy we're going to face, including the devil himself, that can stand up to not only God but the Holy Spirit inside of us. Dad taught us that through stories, uh, which has made one of my favorite passages, Romans 12, 11, that we believers, they overcome him, that's the devil, by the blood of the Lamb. That's Jesus' sacrifice and the word of their testimony, the stories of what dad and mom saw God move, right? And they did not love their lives as to shrink back from death. Again, willing to put the flesh to death. Dad also did that as a dad through being an example, empowering us, including my mom. Uh, one story, just really quick, that I'll never forget that really stuck with me about my dad. Actually, my dad was out of town. And uh, I, was in, I was in high school, I was probably in 10th grade, and I, I knew I was called to ministry, so I was reading these books about spiritual warfare, and just about the demonic and how real it is. And I remember putting the book down and turning my lamp off, and I got so scared. Like, I felt like there was something in my room, and like, the, the, the God was opening my eyes to this greater thing, and I felt like something was in my room, but Dad was gone. 
So I, I, I texted mom, and mom doesn't sleep. She's just waiting for a text message. So I texted mom, and she comes, she comes downstairs. And, and I remember her kneeling by my bed, and mom's a prayer warrior, and, and dad's taught us to be that way. But I don't remember everything else she prayed, but there was one part where uh, she prayed, she put her hand on my chest, and she said, devil, you think that you're going to attack our home while the priest of our home is away, but our house is covered by the blood of the lamb. Our mm. house is covered by this salvation mm. <clears throat> and by this power. And my mom, my, myself, my brother Mike, and my sister Faith, we've walked into school, we've walked into work, we've walked into our families by the power of God that, that, our, that our, were, was shown by our dad and by our mom. And so back to the passage, because we could tell those stories all day. Um, it says that you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hey, what's a time in your life or in the life of faith promise where you've seen God prepare a table of peace and provision in the presence of enemies? So good. Uh, when we were, you know, the, we started in Oak Ridge in, in 95, started there. We moved to three locations. Then we moved to the Oak Ridge Mall, and we were going to build. We decided it was too small, and we bought this property up here, and, and we, we actually were so young, we couldn't even borrow money. We did a bond deal. All the promisers bought these bonds, and our CFO, Harriet, and then others said, hey, listen, you need to understand that if we don't grow when we get there radically, we're, you're going to shut us down. We're going to be done. And I said, I understand that. We're going to take the greatest leap of faith as a spiritual family that we've ever taken. And God prepared a table and God honored. And listen, 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 listen. We didn't have much then. We have a lot now. Yeah. We are going to still take risks. That's right. We, we didn't get here by being afraid. We're not going to get to 1% of Tennessee by living in fear. We are going to move forward by faith. Are y'all with me? So, but, but let, me, let me tell you another, just a, a, another uh, God preparing a table. And so Pastor Zach and I, we were, let's say PZ and PC. So PZ, we were playing golf and we we're coming back home. And his word for this year is kingdom heritage, Isaiah 54, 17. And he can, matter of fact, next year, it's going to be, well, it's going to be our theme for the year. And so he, we're driving, we're leaving Oak Ridge, about to turn by, this, by the cemetery. And he said, Dad, I have a question. He said, when we were young, this is what you always said about faith that was good. This is what you always said about Micah that was good. You never said anything good about me. Now, I've, I'm learning not to react because you go to prison <laughs> for reacting. And I just stopped. And, and before I could answer, he said, let me explain. And, and matter of fact, this is one of, Zach's done some incredible things in his life. Many of my pastor friends think they believe he's 40 to 45 because they say he can't be this wise at 33. He can't be this leadership savvy. But it was one of the most wise things I've ever heard. So why did you ask me that question? Yeah, and well, you, did, you left out there. I said, hey, you didn't say anything good about me, but I know that's not true. Right, I'm sorry, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I know that's not true. Um, and because I, I know my dad, and I, know, I don't only really know my earthly dad, but I know my heavenly father, and I was, 
my kingdom heritage, I would just realize when I would, your, your neural pathways, like for me, when I would get stressed, when I would get sad, when I would get these certain ways, I would go to food, pornography, and isolation. And I knew that. And, and I would look back and I'm like, why is that? And I, I, I believed I was dumb. I believed I wasn't good enough. And I was like, why do I think these things? And so I did the hard work of just sitting there and journaling and going back. And I, I was thinking of my childhood, and I personally couldn't think about anything good about me. And then, so that's why I brought it to Dad. I was like, Dad, I just don't, I don't man, I, 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 know, I know what was good about Micah, my brother. I know it was great about my sister Faith, but I don't remember what's good about me. Can you help me know what was good about me? Because you said, I know it's a lie. I I, this is a lie. I believe. I know it's a lie. Help You're me. Right. And, and, and so, what, but what I had to do is I had to humble myself enough to say, Dad, Here's how I feel. I know it's not true. I promise after this conversation, I'm going to put away what my feelings are, what I remember, and I'm going to let you set the reality right here for me. And, it, and just to be honest, it takes a lot of humility to tell another person to say, which again, dads, this is what you're doing. This is what you should be doing. And I said, dad, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you a blank slate. Could you tell me what it was really like? Could you tell me the good things that God had put in me that you saw before I can remember? And, uh, and so it was, it was a moment, but I will tell you this, that the level of my freedom would only rise to the level of my humility in surrendering before my, first my earthly father who gave me the wisdom surrender before my, uh, my, yeah, my heavenly father so I could surrender before my earthly father and he could help me see the reality there. Mm -hmm. And so let, let me ask you this, how can Christ followers experience the table that God has set up for them? So, so what, what's that going to look like whenever, whenever we have all this stuff going on? How can Christ followers experience the table that God has set up? Well, if you go back to verse 3, he said, he restores, he refreshes my soul. And how does he do that? One of the ways is by preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies, that, that he is there. So we would all acknowledge that he's that the great shepherd's our source for strength. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah. And yet he's not who we typically go to. Hmm. So every morning God prepares a table. But how many mornings do you did that night that you watch a little too many a little a little too few a little too many Netflix, a little too many binging, then you got up late and you ran out the door while the table was set with the Lord, but you didn't have time to meet. Mm -hmm. And so we have, we just, we have to realize that we, that we, you know, that it's not about self-medication. It's not about the lies that we believe. It's about sitting at the, at the, the father's table. Now, most dads, we're fixers, right? So for 40 years, Michelle has brought me every problem and this is what she said, this is what broke, fix it. This, 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 this faucet's leaking, this is broken. Mm. <laughs> fix it. And I said, honey, there are some things only God can fix. <laughs> and so we go, to our, we go to our father to be fixed. We go to our heavenly father. To be to to for the fix that we need to plug into the source, we go to that because when it said we're surrounded by enemies, that word enemy means to be tied up, slammed down, stressed, bound up, or besieged. And when you're surrounded like that, only God 
can restore your soul and give you the power. So come on, dads. We've got to get with God. That's right. Are you with me, Dad? That's right. That's right. Come on, come somebody. On. we got to get with God. That's right. And, hey, I, we hadn't talked about this yet, but a lot of us, what we're doing is when we blow past that table that God has set up to be with us, we're, we're getting fast food, right? We're just doing the Bible on audio or maybe just something like, if we're doing something, maybe that's all we're doing. But you know the difference in a fast food meal and a meal at home, right? You know the difference. And sometimes that fast food meal, may, it may feel like it tastes better. It may feel more convenient. But I'm telling you, if you want your spiritual body to look better than your physical body on McDonald's, right, I've had my fair share of double cheeseburgers in my life, okay? But there's a difference between a meal at the table with the Lord and a fast food meal whenever you're trying to squeeze it in in between other things. So, hey, let me, look, last question, really, and this is something that we are so passionate about, so passionate about. And if you're honest, you may have a question about this. Why would God have us in the presence of our enemies in the first place? Why would God not set up a table somewhere else where there's no friction, there's no enemies, there's no, no issues? I understand. By the way, folks, that's how you read the scripture, you ask questions. Mm -hmm. Where's the table? What's at the table? Okay, I'm surrounded by enemies. Why are they there? Well, let me tell you why they are there. Because we live behind enemy lines. This world is not our home. Mm -hmm. When you were born again, you got a new passport, and it was stamped by the, lead, by the red blood of Jesus, heaven. Yeah. But we get so comfortable here. Come on. And dads, it's your job to protect the family spiritually. Yeah. It's your job to pray a wall of fire around your home and that God will be the glory in their midst. It's your job to pray that there be no holes in the heads. The enemy yeah. can access your wife or your kids. It's your job. And so we will, as long as you are here, you will never be without the presence of enemies because some of them are internal and some of them are external. And so we, we have to realize that we have to see it or, or we're just going to be bombarded by those enemies and lose when we're already overcomers because we've chosen not to arm and empower ourselves at the table of the Lord. That's right. So, hey, th this, this is a big one. Dad is, dad's not going anywhere. Dad's not retiring. Dad's just repositioning. But I'll get the privilege to become the senior pastor in August. But we, we're called to win our world, to win 1% of the state of Tennessee. That's 70,000 people. In the verse, it says that God will anoint our head with oil, our cup will overflow. What do, if we want to see a, if we want to see revival, we want to see something amazing, what do we need to be anointed with as a church if we're going to reach 1% of the state of Tennessee? So good, so good. I've been asked for 42 years in ministry, Pastor, why don't we see more miracles? Why, why aren't we living the book of Acts? Why aren't we seeing more blind eyes open and, and, and lame people walking and deaf people hearing? And I have finally, after 42 years, actually come to know that what I believe the answer to that question is, and it's the answer to Pastor Zach's question, and that is we need to be anointed with unity. Mm. Unity. Because Psalms 133, it's good and pleasant in the eyes of the Lord for brethren to dwell in unity. It's like the anointing oil on Aaron's head, down his beard to the edges of his robe. It's like the dew of Hermon 
for there the Lord commands blessings, life forever. God commands blessings in unity. Mm -hmm. And the anointing oil is power, and the doer of Hermon is refreshing. So if we got unified, if we were synergistic, if we weren't double-minded and divided, mad at this, mad at that, just, you know, hodgepodge, not wholly devoted, wholly committed. If we got synergistically spirit-filled and said, we're going to win, I'm going to win my world, we're going to win 4% of Tennessee, the enemies would lay down as we mow through because the power of God, the anointing of God, the miracles of God, the presence of God, the freshness of God would be so rich, would yeah. be so incredible, they'd be beating the doors down to get in. Yeah. Woo, my mercy. That's good. You guys don't understand how hard it is for him to stay seated while he does that. You I know, was standing it's, it's, uh, up inside. He's just squeezing his, either way. Okay. Um, hey, so, so let, let's, we, you've heard enough scripture. Let's, let's take some action steps. First of all, uh, one of the, and hey, you know we love you no matter where you're at. But one of the enemies we're surrounded with this month is there's an attack on the family, right? This is Pride Month where our culture will take pride in some things that are against what God, how God has set up for our world to live and operate. Now, we don't have time to go into all of Pride Month and all that kind of stuff, so we actually shot a podcast to help you, a believer, know how to live and be a light in this time. So this QR code will take that to you. It's the Purpose Podcast, where we want to equip you towards your purpose to win your world. So check that out so that you can be a light. This is not something where we throw rocks at the darkness from a distance. This is not something where we ignore it. This is something where God has equipped you with answers, with love to go after people. So we want to equip you with that. Hey, hey didn't, because that, that podcast already dropped. It's incredible. But didn't, on the comments, aren't people mad from both sides? Both sides. Christians and, and, and uh, people who don't believe in God, right? People who agree with us, people who don't agree with us. And which means you're striking a pretty solid whenever I you're making that. both people mad, right? We got that from our dad as well. It's a spiritual gift. It's a spiritual gift, making people mad. <laughs> hey, the other thing I want to encourage you to do, parents, summer fun is here. And so there were things that I didn't get the opportunity not to do when I was growing up because dad said, you're doing it. Summer fun is one of those things. Summer fun and movement, for, so summer fun for kids, movement for students, you cannot miss it. It's going to help you, equip you to be the primary discipler of your kids. It's going to give your kids some unbelievable banner moments with the Lord. But hey, let me give you two specifically for you, because we believe you are called to win your world, and you're going to do that through two steps. First, what is next in your walk with God, and also who is next for you to impact for eternity. So from this message, I would encourage you this with what is next. What is next in your walk with God? Look at who is sitting at your table. That's why there's a third chair here. Who is sitting at your table? And can I tell you where the enemy is accessing most of our tables from? This little device right here. And when I say at your table, I'm talking about is the enemy sitting at your table guiding the conversation, guiding the thoughts, guiding what's most important. Because if before you go to bed, you're scrolling, and when you wake up, you're scrolling, I would say that this is setting the narrative and not this. So who is at your table setting the priorities? Can I also give you this, believers, please? That's who is next. Now what, or sorry, that was what is next. Now who is next? 
Who is someone you see surrounded by the enemy that you need to invite to your table? Who is somebody surrounded by the enemy you need to invite to your table? Because there's people that come to mom and dad's table for Christmas, for Thanksgiving. There'll be people there today and they will say, this is different than the table I grew up at. Not because dad is awesome, and he is, but because it has been set up on the foundation of who God has called the family to be. So who is someone in your life you need to invite, not just spiritually to your table, but physically to your table? Feed them, love them, pray for them, hear from them, give them your time. That's who is next, and that is what is next, how we will walk into revival. We're about to respond, and Dad's going to pray a blessing over, our, over all of us, over the families. But if you need to come forward, Dad's, and receive prayer. If you need to come forward and pray for your dad, take communion, light a candle, go to the cross. We would love to have that. But, Dad, would you just pray a blessing? Let's pray. Father God, we come to you now in the strong name of Jesus. Lord, we acknowledge that you're the source and we're not. You're God and we're not. We can't do it without you. I pray for every dad and future dad listening that you will be the source. You will be their strength. You will be their fight. You will be their light. You will be their love. You will be their anchor. And God, I pray that men will daily, not just men, but all of us, will sit at the table that you prepare. We'll dine on the word of God. We'll drink deeply of the spirit of God. We'll be filled by the love of God. We'll walk in the light of God. And that, Father, we'll be so different, everybody around us will want to know what's up with you. And we can point to heaven and say, the great shepherd prepared a table and I bask in him. God, anoint us empower us and make us want to in Jesus name and all God's people said come on give him praise as you respond